Welcome to Morning Combos with Ali Sheen. Welcome to Morning Combos. I'm your host, Ali Sheen. Glad to be with you again. Back here with part two of what happened to the Freeman mentality. Now, there are many issues that negatively impact the black community. The most important one is the lack of fathers in the home. Over 80% of black in jail are raised in single parent homes. The lack of father in the home is one of the most contributing factors in every other issue facing black Americans. For example, the black crime and the black on black murder rate. Data shows that 93% of black homicide victims are killed by other blacks. Now, those on the left will say that that's irrelevant because 83% of whites are killed by other whites. My response is always the same. What the hell does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Absolutely nothing if you don't know. For any race, that is a staggering statistic. That should be on the top of the list of any so-called black activist or social justice warrior, but it's not. In 2015 alone, 6,000 blacks were killed by other blacks. In my opinion, that poses the greatest threat to our race of survival. In one year, more blacks were killed than were lynched during the 86 years between 1882 and 1968. If the betterment of the black race was the goal of so-called black activists like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, then they would be focusing on black on black crime instead of police brutality and systemic racism, both inventions of the left that are non-existent. Let me first say, I'm not denying the existence of racism in America. There have always been racists in America, and sadly, there will always be racists here. However, unlike the Jim Crow era, there are no laws or statutes discriminating against Black Americans. There are no real stumbling blocks in the path of a Black man or woman that wants to succeed in our society. The only thing that prevents us from succeeding is us. Are there racist cops? Yes. Is it rampant racism in the police department nationwide? I would say no. The, the, the statistics just don't support that theory. Police consistently kill more unarmed whites than blacks. If there was widespread racism in the police departments nationwide, the numbers would be reversed. That simple. As I discussed in previous episodes, the false narrative that police officers are more willing or do kill more blacks than white is a creation of the left to ignite the blacks' race. There's no truth to this. So far this year, 717 people have died at police hands this year. 63 were black. If you look at any year from the 1960s to the present, you will not find one year where the number of blacks killed by cops were larger than the amount of whites killed by cops. And when you look at, uh, at, at just unarmed blacks killed by cops, we're talking about less than a percent. But let's take percentages out of it. In any given year, tens to hundreds of blacks are killed by police. 
But in any given year, thousands on top of thousands upon thousands of blacks are killed by other blacks. Let me repeat that. In any given year, tens to hundreds of blacks are killed by cops. But in any given year, thousands upon thousands of blacks are killed by other blacks. That is a problem. Black people, and the reason why, because people always say, well, why do police, well, blacks have more interactions with the police? Black people, more often than white people, live in dense urban areas. Dense urban areas are more heavily policed than suburban or rural areas. When people live in close proximity to one another, police can monitor more people more often. In more heavily policed areas, police, people committing crimes are caught more frequently. It, 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 um, uh, uh, they're caught more frequently. I forgot where I had uh, my train of thought. Yeah, uh, they, they, they're caught more frequently. Now, an arrest charge does not always lead to a conviction. A charge may be dismissed or a, a defendant may be declared not guilty at trial. Whether or not an arrestee is convicted is often determined by whether or not a defendant can afford a reputable attorney. I said, um, it sounded like I said attorney, but I'm an attorney. The interaction of poverty and trial outcomes could help explain why, for example, while black defendants represent about 35% of the drug arrests, 46% of those convicted of drug crimes are black. The poor's lack of proper legal representation, coupled with not being able to afford bail, adversely affects the outcome in sentencing of poor and black and brown people, as we've seen in disparity in uh, conviction rates. Poverty is not only a predictor of incarceration, it is also frequently the outcome. As a criminal record and time spent in prison destroys wealth, creates debt, and decimates job opportunities. Poverty is another reason for the high crime rate in the Black community. In 75 of the largest cities, Blacks account for 15% of the populations, but are arrested for 62% of the robberies, 57% of the murders, and 45% of the assaults. In New York City, 75% of the shootings are done by Black people, in spite of being only 23% of the population. We have to stop making excuses for Black criminals. I've been arrested before. I've been to jail before. And it wasn't the fault of systemic racism. It was because I was young and dumb, and most importantly, and no matter how good I thought I was, I got caught. We have to hold these kids and adults accountable for their actions. For example, Michael Brown's death best illustrates my point. Besides forensic evidence proving he was close to the gun when it was fired, because of the gun particles that was on his hand, there were two eyewitnesses, black ones might I add, that corroborated Officer Wilson's account that evening that they were fighting and Wilson acting in self-defense. The false narrative that his hands were up and running uh, uh, and with his back turned 
was a lie spread by family, friends, and the media. And it's easy to see black people on race issues because we seldomly think objectively. We act, react emotionally. And when you react emotionally, you don't think straight. I say this from experience. I'm guilty of it too. And, and because of, uh, and, and that brings me to another thing that I want to bring up too. When we talk about that disastrous, ominous crime bill that Bill Clinton signed into law and touchy-feely Uncle Joe Biden wrote that led to the mass incarceration of blacks, we have to keep in mind that those were for drug offenses. The rest of the blacks in jail, the, the rest of that population of something like 70% are there for crime not related to drugs. We must address the real serious issues of criminality in the black community. Everything can't be dis dismissed or uh, or uh, given a uh, you know uh, you can't dismiss it because of racism. We must address the real We must really address this the, the the real issue of criminality in our community. It starts by addressing the root cause, which is the lack of fathers in the home. Once you take the fathers out of, out of the home, like uh, former President Barack Obama said, so you know that uh, uh, it's not just it's not like a conservative opinion. This is a liberal who's saying this. He said that a child that's from a fatherless home is five times as likely to be poor and commit crime, nine times as likely to drop out of school, and twenty times more likely to go to jail. The lack of fathers in the home negatively impact the lives of fatherless children when it comes to the crime and we see its effects today. But in the 1950s, prior to the welfare state and the 1964 crime bill, I mean civil rights bill rather, the crime rate in black neighborhoods were way lower than it is now. In the 50s, over 80% of blacks were married. It's less than 30% today. This was due in large part to the mandate of the Democrats when they made this war on poverty. They forced the breakup of, of the nuclear family in order for the woman to receive benefit. This wasn't only an attack on the black race, even though we were greatly affected, but poor of all races. Without fathers in the home, the streets teach our boys to become men, and the streets fail at this every time. Now, some of the way that uh, the father's not being home affects the children is with like homeless and runaways. 90% of them come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists motivated with displaced anger come from fatherless homes. When we think about the teen pregnancy epidemic, 71% of them come from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 85% of children who exhibit behavioral problems come from fatherless homes. 90% of adolescents who are arsonists come from fatherless, fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 75% of adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. 
70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. And 85% of youth in prison grew up in fatherless homes. Fatherless boys and girls are twice as likely to drop out of high school, twice as likely to end up in jail, and four times more likely to need help for emotional or behavioral problems. Without a father in the home, a child of any race is statistically subjected to a life of poverty and crime. In the 1960s, Senator Patrick Moynihan tried to alert America to the rise of children born out of, born out of wedlock and the effects on them. He and his report were dismissed by black leaders like Jesse Jackson. But time has proven his report's accuracy. The black race can't afford any more help from the Democrats. Because since they started helping us, the poverty, we have seen an increase in poverty, crime, worse housing conditions, and less marriages. It's sad the Democrats created this world in which blacks are worse off now than in an era of widespread racism. What's even sadder is the blacks have assisted them in doing this. I'm going to end this part of the podcast. For the next episode and the last episode, we'll deal with unity and the black economy. Till next time, enjoy the rest of your morning. Thank you. Thank you for watching my podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Like my page, Ali Sheen's Playground, on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram, Ali Sheen's underscore Playground underscore. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, Ali Sheen's Playground. Let me know your opinion on this episode and any other episode. Till next time, enjoy your day.